to 2 Corinthians 5.20, please. And we're going to talk about our, our I, I titled this, this one called Our Ministry, and it could, could say our personal ministry, but it's our ministry. Um, in, five, in 2 Corinthians 5.20, it says, We are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. When I, I wanted to leave Phil's line here, especially the blue line, because when we, when we became, when sin entered the world through Adam, from Satan, there's, that is the reason I'm going to, my whole message is about our ministry, is we are ambassadors today because of that. We are sinners. There's only one way out of this. And I thought, wow, what a great way to get into our, our ministry, because we have a ministry. And it's not just for a, somebody up here teaching or preaching. We all have an individual, an individual ministry. Um, we're not all in the same place. Some of us have a lot more um, moxie than others. I watched it firsthand. In fact, I, I don't see, where's Joel? Joel's not here yet. Oh, okay. Um, we, there are some people that are just natural born evangelists. I, I'm coming to find out I'm not one, uh, but, but I, but I know it's important, and so that's what my message is about today. Okay, so we what is what is a what is an uh, an ambassador, right? So the Webster's Dictionary is rep, we're a representative of the power and dignity of his sovereign. We all know. I'm not saying anything new. I will not say one thing new today. That when you're an ambassador, you're in a foreign country. Well, here is Paul, Christ through Paul. We can never forget that Christ through Paul telling us that we are ambassadors. So first off, we already know, wait a minute, if we're an ambassador, is this home? Is it? Is this our home? No. This is not where we are, our final place. This place is a vapor. This is, we're like a blade of grass, right? We grow up, we wilt, we do our thing, and, and we're, we're gone in, in a flash of an eye. What does he say? Uh, three score and ten, and if by strength, another ten. So 80 years or so we get on this planet. And people are so focused on these 80 years, they don't see or don't care about what is coming, what's coming after that. Um, eat and drink for tomorrow we die. That's, that's it. So um, while, most of with, while most of Christians think that Christ is reigning and ruling today on, his, on earth, his word to us tells us different. Ephesians 2.2 and 2 Corinthians 11. Ephesians 2.2. In 2 Corinthians 11. In fact, we are going to spend 99.9% .9 of our time in Paul's today, so it won't, there won't be much movement. The only other books in the Old Testament we'll go to is Ecclesiastics, if anybody wants to know. Uh, Ephesians 2.2. 2, Nothing we don't know here, among, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were nature the children of wrath, even as others. 2 Corinthians 11, 14 and 15. 2 Corinthians 11, 14 and 15. And no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Therefore it is no great thing if his ministers are also transformed as the ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their works. Um, as ambassadors for Christ, we've been given a ministry in, in, in 2 Corinthians 5, 17 through 19. 
We're going to go right back to that. 5, 17 through 19. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. To wit, that God was in Christ, recon reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their, right, their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. So what, what we've been told by Jesus Christ through our apostle is that we've been given a ministry, right? And what is our ministry? It's reconciliation. Um, we, are, we're, we have the word. It's not my words. It's not your words. It's not Rick's words. It's God's words. It's Christ's words through the Apostle Paul to us to give. We have got to let people know there's something. This life isn't all there is. And, and it is, it's a struggle. But it's, it's what we're called to do. Okay? Um, I'm going to give you a, this is, this is an honest evaluation of myself. One of the things about being an ambassador, um, and Mark and I were talking, I just met Mark today, and we were talking about when you first get this message, man, we're all burning up. And I've talked to, I've, I've discussed this before, and you go and you think everybody wants to hear this. And Mark with his family, me with my family, I hit it hard, and the wall got built up right then and there. Or they just think you're nuts. Um, we see something. But um, it's something that um, I, what it did is, anybody's ever read Keith Blade's book, The Policy of Evil? His book, Policy of Evil. Hans, I know Hans has read it. Um, one of the things that happens is you start out hot on fire and you're giving it to everybody and then you get beat up and get beat up and get beat up and beat up. And the next thing you know, I'm looking at 20 years and I'm thinking, how many times have I evangelized? How many times have I, have I done the work of an evangelist? And it, it, it's gotten to be less and less. In fact, I could count it on, on one hand how many times I've done it. We've, one of the things I wanted to do was um, I wanted to get out of my comfort zone. This is very comfortable for me to come here and learn with you guys, right? It's a, it's a very comfortable thing because we all... We don't all agree on every verse and every doctrine, but we all are like-minded. So this is, this is a really nice place to be, and it's comfortable. And that's part of it. It's, it's, it's a comfort. But I wanted to push myself out of that comfort zone. So I, um, at, that, at that time, I started to think, well, how can I do this? I've done this. This isn't the most comfortable thing I've ever done is get up here and teach. I'm glad I only have to do it very infrequently. Um, but this is way more comfortable than what I've done for two weekends, and, and, and I'll get to that in a minute. So the things I said is, once I understood Paul's message, I've loved learning how the Bible, with all its contradictions and information that doesn't seem real today, makes sense when you see God's progressive revelation through time past, but now, and ages to come. You, we all know those, those verses in Ephesians 2, 11 through 13. We don't need to even go there. Um, once you start to see that, and you can draw the, the chart, and I'm not going to draw it today, but you can draw the chart and you can start putting verses in where they belong. And you're going, okay, so this makes sense. Because one of the best things that can happen is when somebody tells me that Bible is, has so many contradictions. Because then you can draw a chart. And then you can start saying, yeah, I agree with you. There are contradictions in this Bible. But you can draw the chart and try to help people see that at that time. Before, 
I was as bad as they were. I didn't, I didn't know. You know, I, I, I had no idea why these things, why it said one thing here and another thing there, and you're going, I, I can't reconcile the two. I can't. So, but once I got, once I, this is an honest evaluation of myself about my own ministry. I love to come here. I love to come to church and learn with like-minded believers. Why? Go to Romans 1.12 and 2 Corinthians, well, let's go to 2 Corinthians 1, 3 through 4. And hopefully, as Phil showed that we don't always have the right chapters, when I went home yesterday after what we did, I, I found two places where I had wrong chapters, so I'm hoping I don't have wrong chapters today. 2 Corinthians 1, uh, 3 and 4. Um, yeah. Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforted us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort where, wherewith we are ourselves also comforted of God. Go to Romans 1.12, and I know you all know it, but let's read it. It never hurts to read. Read it for yourself. It, it just gets ingrained in you better. And Paul's talking to the Romans. This is his introductory portion of his letter. And he says, that is, that I may be comforted together with you by the mutual faith of you and me. Wow. Pretty easy. When I'm here, that's exactly what it is for me. Romans uh, 1, verse 12. That's where that is. Um, so I love coming here. I, and in fact, when we miss it, I don't feel right. I, I just like, I, this, is, this is a really good place, and I'll explain a little more of that. I also... Now, remember, we're talking about our ambassadorship, and so I love coming to church. I also love and listening to others teach. I like to do it off their websites, like Helpers of Your Joy this weekend. We'd love to do that. I love to go on YouTube. I have a bunch of people I love to listen to. Um, but the, the, the problem with, with that is, is unless I study it on my own, what I find is a lot of it goes in, and I get it at the time. But if you don't study it on your own, it goes out the other ear, too. And then you try to recall it. You might have a general sense of it, but it's that study on your own that, that um, you really, it really starts to get uh, ingrained in you. In fact, Marla and I were talking about the, when I learned the most is when I actually have to study to come up here and teach because you're, you have a concordance, you have your, your, your Bible and a notebook, and you're going back and forth and, and then and, you know, just running back and forth through all these things. And, that's, and then you start asking yourself questions, and the next thing you know is, oh, man, I've just been doing a Bible study for three and a half hours and it benefits me more than it ever benefits anybody else, right? So when he tells him, Paul uh, tells Timothy uh, in 1 Timothy 4.13, and I want to say that he, he says to give attendance to reading, exhortation, and doctrine, that's what I get when I'm studying. You know, I, you, you, you pay attention to it, and, and it, it drills at home in you. Love doing that. I, I, I love doing that. Um, sometimes... And, and this is the fourth, and this is kind of where I'm getting. I actually enjoy studying on my own. No YouTube, no listening to Rick, no listening to Pastor Jordan. Just grab your Bible, your Bible, your Bible concordance, and your dictionary. But go to Ecclesiastes 12:12, 12, 12, and, and I, we all know these. Nothing, nothing new again. Ecclesiastes 12:12, 12, 12, Psalms, and then Solomon, and then Ecclesiastes. I'm sorry, Song, Proverbs, then Ecclesiastes. 12.12. 12. I'll give you a second to get there. Ecclesiastes 12.12, 12, if I said that wrong. 
And further, by these, my son, be admonished of making many books, there is no end. And it's this last part that gets us. And much study is a weariness to the flesh. Have you, if you ever really sit down and study, have you ever just got a splitting headache? Just school, you know, just studying stuff for school, and you just get a splitting headache. This book can do the same thing to you. Because it can, you start reading a verse, and then all of a sudden you're thinking about another verse, and you're like, 25 minutes later, you're like, oh, I'm so off topic already again. Now, I, now I'm back on, uh, now it's a, another Bible study. So pull yourself in. And the other thing that, um, actually studying to teach and preach, and this is, this is one of the things that scares me about what I'm doing today, is in Ecclesiastes 12.10, and it's at the end of that. It says, the preacher sought to find out acceptable words, that which was written was upright, even words of truth. You don't want to be wrong. No, I don't ever want to teach somebody wrong. I, 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 I would just, that would just kill me. Um, so, like I said, only sometimes do I enjoy doing that because it, it's a scary thing to get up here and, and do this day after day. But what I started to get to and what the whole thing about ambassadorship is, I've always feared trying to give people the gospel. Uh, it, it is, to me, the most frightening thing of all. Getting up in front of a crowd and talking about sports and stuff has never bothered me. But years ago, Rick, Marla, and I don't remember who else, because this is, this is years back, we decided to go start going to the swap meet. And I went, and I was petrified the entire time. I, I, I kid you not, just absolutely, um, Joel and I talked about anxiety to where I was so glad to leave, I just couldn't, I couldn't get over it. And, and I didn't go back. I haven't been back in 10 years, probably a decade, Marla. So what I did was a few months back, um, maybe two months, I went to Marla and said, are you doing any more swap meets? Because I was just trying to force myself, get out of my comfort zone. Go, oh, I, uh, we know so much. And if I don't know anything other than the gospel, that's enough to go and evangelize. I can ship them off to other people if, if I get stuck on something. But it's, but it's petrifying to me. It, it's absolutely petrifying. So I really think why there's so little evangelism going on is because fear. I think fear is the biggest thing of all. And I hope, it's, I hope I'm wrong, but I think it's the number one thing of, for anybody is fear of getting out in front of people uh, and talking. And, and so go to 1 Corinthians 2. And as I always tell you guys, everybody, this, this, is, this is a lesson to me. 1 Corinthians, not 2 Corinthians, Nick. 2, 1 through 3. And listen to our apostle through the Lord Jesus Christ. Brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. Stop there for a second. What is that? What is Jesus Christ and him crucified? Amen. That's the gospel. That is it. That, if we know nothing else, we know the gospel, right? But look, here's a man that has seen Jesus Christ in the flesh. And look at the next, look at the next verse of what he says. And I was with you in what? Weakness, fear, much trembling. Okay. Did he, did he stop or did he go? He kept going. He kept going. So I went to Marla and said, Marla, you are, if, when you're doing it, I'm coming. And I, and, I, and I just flat out said it like that. And Marla can back me up or tell me I'm wrong. But I told her, we need, I need 
I need to go. I can't go without you. I need to get out there and put my face in the thing. Um, so you think, okay, it's all great. It's all good. I, I can go do that. But what do you get when you get out there? Do, so when, you, when you're first saved, and I'm not talking about in, in, in coming to understand Paul's message in right division, but when you're first saved, were most of you, did, didn't most of you think that life would get a whole lot better? That things would get, you know, roses and you're, you're talking, oh, if you're, if you're a Christian, you're, things are going to go really well for you. And then you start to read the Bible and you start going, well, wait a second, something's odd. Paul, do you know how many times Paul talks about afflictions it, just in Paul's epistles? Thirteen. There's thirteen mentions of afflictions. Some of them are just for Paul. I mean, he took stuff that we'll never take, thank God. But um, looking at, uh, go to 2 Timothy 1.8. So, so this, this is what the, the pleasure of when you get your face out in front of people. This is what we get to go. 2 Timothy 1.8. And, and get um, also 1 Thessalonians 1.6. 2 Timothy 1.8. Be not... Thou therefore ashamed of me are the testimony of the Lord, nor of me his prisoner, but, but what? Be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God. In 2 Thessalonians 1.6. I don't have 2 Thessalonians. There it is. It happens every time I teach. I lose, I lose Bibles. Second, second Thessalonians 1.6. There it is. It's here. I, somebody just can't see it or find it. Seeing it is a righteous thing with God to recons, recompense tribulation to them that trouble you. Listen, we're gonna, it's going to happen. I mean, Paul, Paul talks about afflictions. So the thing is, is what am I going to do about it? Well, we already talked about when, when, when you become a Christian, you thought things were going to get better. I'm giving you two verses. I have three more. Philippians 1.29. Let's just, um, Philippians 1.29 and Galatians 5.11. Here's one that just, just and, and, and the problem with this is I, when you read three chapters a day, you read these verses over and over again, and pretty soon this stuff starts to get inside you. And I start going, when am I, When's this happened to me? For unto you it is, given, it, is, it is given in the behalf of Christ, not only to believe on him, but also to suffer for his sake, having the same conflict with, which he saw in me and now here to be in me. Galatians 5.11. Paul, and I, brethren... If I yet preach circumcision, why do I yet suffer persecution? Then is the offense of the cross ceased. Paul went through it. What? Daily, Christ, through our Paul, who is our pattern, is saying, guess what, guys? It's, it's going to happen with you, but I need you out there doing it. We need, we need to be out here doing this. Um, so what, what we did was, it's been a month, four weeks, we went back. It was three weeks ago that we went. So we went, Marla, at the Mesa, because I went to the wrong swap meet yesterday. So I went to the Apache Junction one, but we went to the Mesa one. 
and we got ourselves out in front of people. And the first day, we had an interesting, an interesting day, and I'm already losing track of that because of yesterday's, but we had a guy come up to us and talk to us. He said, he, I, I think what he said was that he had a Muslim friend who said, this is heaven on earth. Heaven is on earth. So I asked him real quickly, I said, are you telling me that this is heaven on earth? And as he, he was walking by, he wasn't going to stop, but he walked by and he told me it was pretty close. And right then and there, day one, that I haven't done this in 10 years, I realized, wow, we got to get out in front of these people. You know, there, there's something, there is really something out there. That's, and yesterday we went out, we went back out. And we had, we had more people yesterday. Uh, by the way, it was Marla, Joel, Joe came, Joe, Joe Geddon came, Rick was there, and I was there. Um, Yesterday it was Marla, Joel, and myself, and we had more people actually talk to us, I think, yesterday than, than the first time. And we had some people, interesting thing, we had a lady come up and was looking at our signs, because Marla's made some really neat signs, and she's looking at our signs and she comes up and she goes, well, how do you get saved? And we're like, well, how do you get saved? And she says, well, we told her the gospel that Christ died for our sins, and rose again, and, and that's what you believe. She goes, well, you have to repent. And I said, well, what, what does repent mean? And she said, well, you have to ask God for forgiveness. And, and we kind of went on the round train. Bottom line is she, took us, she wanted to take us to First John. But we did understand, and at least I thought, she's confused by the doctrine, but she got the, the death and, and the resurrection for salvation. She got that. But what are you doing? started to add something into it to, to keep saved, you know. And I, cause I asked her, do you have to do that every day? And she said, well, it'd be good. And so you have that. Then, so, okay, you know, you just let it go. We had a, a fellow walk right by us, looked at Marla's sign, because it's, it's talking about Jesus Christ, and he walks by us and he says, you don't call him that. His name is Yeshua. You can remember that, Joel? Yeah. And... I said, okay, and he said something about um, Catholics. Catholics named him that. Uh, that's not his name. If you're going to call him by his name, it's Yeshua. And I said, okay, well, I don't speak Hebrew. So there's that, and he just kept walking by. And again, getting our face out. People, not everybody's taking a tract. Marla and Joel are fantastic at giving them out. I am not. But I did some, but not, not like these two. But what I got to do is kind of sit back, and I watch people looking at it. And you see some folks are, they're, they're not going to come and talk to you, but they're looking, they're, they're looking what are on those signs. They really are. Um, you're, out, you're out there. We're out in the marketplace. Um, I know I'm missing one. We had the uh, chiropractor doctor that had the abdominal surgery. Yeah, I remember him. He was an interesting guy and about how all our cells have body, soul, and spirit in them. And, you just start, you don't know what people believe until you get out there. You think it's just they, they, they either, they're non-believers or believers, but everybody has these mix of, of what they believe and what they don't believe. Um, it gets to be a, a very interesting thing. Um, how do you like being called a fool? Anybody here love to be called a fool? So what happens, 1 Corinthians, 
For, or you've been talking to mine. 1 Corinthians 1.18. I want, I want to talk about. So, so we know we're going to suffer afflictions if we get our faces out in front of people. We know we're going to be called fools. So we, we get this. But, but what is, go to 1 Corinthians 1.18. What is God? And I'm kind of butchering my thing here, but I wanted to get some of those. You guys are probably already there, so you get to read it first. 1 Corinthians 1.18. For the preaching of the cross, I, I kind of want to skip. I wanted to save that one for a second. Look at verse 23. But we preach Christ crucified unto the Jews a stumbling block and unto the Greeks what? Foolishness. Where we were at yesterday... There, there were so many people looking at us like we we're fools. I, it, honestly, you, but what you start to do and understand is that, okay, who am I pleasing, right? Who am I, who am I going to please here, God or man? Now, I get it. A 25-year-old or a 30-year-old, they're not going to get this. I was 39 before I got saved. It's taken me. I'm 61, you guys. I'm just now getting the courage. Not a, good, not a great thing, not a good thing. But I'm to the point where I get it. I, I get it. It's working. Um, I don't care what people think anymore. You know, I, I, we, need, we need to get out there in front of people and, and let them know that there is a, that, number one, there's a judgment coming. There's truth. Truth is, part of charity is truth, right? And if we're not out there telling them, this, if you think this is all there is, I, I'm going to tell you there's not, this is not all there is. When you pass away, when you die, you're going to face the, your creator, and you're going to face judgment. You're going to face it as a saved person, or you're going to face it as an, a lost person. And we, we, we need to get out there. But to do that, you've got to, you've got to grow some thick, thicker skin. And, and what I'm doing here with this is this is me. This is all about me because I've, I've been afraid. It's, it's, the bottom line is I don't like being a foolish person in front of people. Um, you know, it, it's just the flesh doesn't like it. You want to be liked. You, you want people to agree with what you're saying. But um, what we teach, not everyone's going to agree with. And very few, actually. It's, it's almost a remnant um, thing. So First um, Corinthians 127. Let's, 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 look at, go to, let's look at 118 or 127. So men think we're fools. But God says in 118, for the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. So who's the fool? It's, man looks at us as we're fools, but in God's eyes, they're the fools, right? Um, verse 25, because the foolishness of God is wiser than man and the weakness of God is stronger than man. Verse 27, God has chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise and God has chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things that are mighty and the base things of the world for the things that are, which are despised hath God chosen, yea, and things which are not to bring to not things that are. Well, how about that? So we're foolish things, we're base things, we're despised, but God chose us to do this. In the end, who's the fool? Yeah, the fool is the man that goes and faces and said, I was a good person, but what about this, this Southwest Bible Fellowship that had a, had a table out there that you passed by? I, um, there's a couple of churches that go to these fairs, and, and they talk about, one of them asked them, what do you think about the folks that just look at you with disdain? And I don't even say disdain, but they don't want to talk to you. You know, what do you think, 
and, and, he, and he thinks, and I, I don't have, we don't have a verse for it, but at some point they're going to say, no one said anything to me. And they're going to say, well, you, you walked right by that little table that had these big signs. They were, they were right in front of your face. I don't know. You know. I don't know if that's what's going to happen in the end or not for these folks, but it's not, I'm not doing this out of spite. I'd, I'd like to have everybody get saved. Wouldn't it be a great thing if everybody was saved? Unfortunately, I'm, I'm not a believer in universalism. I, I, I think that Christ paid the price, but you, you, you need to believe it. Um, we're, you're going you're gonna to have to grow some thick skin, and uh, it's scary. Um, so the bottom line, go to Galatians 1.10, because I just want everyone to see this again and again and again. And if you're reading three chapters, you're like, Nick, I can quote it to you. And if you, somebody can. Galatians 1.10. When I got out there, in fact, this is, this is my prayer every time I, before I get out of the car, because it's not easy for me to get out of that car at that swap meet. It's not easy. But I say, who am I, Lord, I, I'm, am I persuading men or God? Do I seek to please men? For if I yet please men, I should not be the servant of Christ. I could probably just end it right here. I'm not going to, because you're stuck for a few more minutes. But, but there, there is, when, when I'm shaking in my car to open up that door to go out and meet Marla out there, Joel and I talked about it yesterday. It's, it's scary, isn't it, Joel? It, yeah, it, it, there's, there's, uh, and one thing we rely on him too because I might be scared, but your just presence there. Uh, exactly. Quit teaching my lesson, Joel. <laughs> He's dead on. He's absolutely dead on. Um, so we we all that we we want to please God. We. Um, we understand we're going to be we're going to be seen as fools at times, but but so what what can we do? And and here's what here's what I'm saying. I've got at least five things that we can do. One of the things that we do is we we all have a bunch of tracks, right? To me, a tract is about the easiest thing we can do. Although, I never once planned to stand in front of people and actually try to hand them something. I planned on having all the tracks just on the table, but what happens is people we haven't had any people really come up and do that. Um, they haven't taken them. So Marla said, here, Nick, it's your turn. This is day one. And she gave, she gave me her tracks and put in my hand. And I had to stand up. And we don't go above the line. But we, you know, would you like some literature? You know, some people will say yes. Some people, most people are very nice. They'll say no, thank you. Or, or oh, sure, I'll take it, you know, type of thing. And every once in a while, you get someone to say it. But my, my idea of being an evangelist was to put tracks on a table and be sitting at that table. And if you've got a question, I'm here. I, I, will, I will talk to you. And when I get stuck, I give them to Joel and Marla and Rick, and you know, we go from there. Um, but what I would challenge you to do is take, just take one of, uh, if you haven't already, just take one of our tracks. Take one of every one of them. And, and in fact, I meant to bring up a bunch. Hold on, people. And in the meantime, Joel will tell you the rest of my. <laughs> I have a bunch of tracks, right? And what I would challenge you to do is just go get one of everything that we have, read them, and find one or two that you like. Because um, always, you always have a favorite, right? But it, it'll, it, um, it'll help you. And then if, you can, if you're afraid to talk to somebody, but they're there, and you can hand them a track, they can take that track. They might not read it in front of you. They might find the first garbage can and dump it in. 
but they have it in their hand. It's, at that time, it's, it's up to them what they want to do with it. We do watch when we hand out our tracks to see if anybody's, there's a garbage can right in the middle. Yesterday was 30 yards from us. I watched people walking down, and I would watch to see if anybody threw them away. Not one, I haven't seen a person yet in the two weekends we've done it throw one away. I know that Marla went and walked to the hall to see if we were standing on the ground. Um, we know it happens, but she walked to the ground just to see, and you didn't find any, right? We, had, we haven't found any for two weeks. So that, one of my challenges to you would be to, to grab those and just have them. Um, you'd be surprised where I used to put them back when I had courage. Uh, I would stick them like if I did gas. I would, I would roll one up and put it in the, the little handle. This is way back when, but I was probably 42, 43 years old, back when I wasn't afraid of anything. Um, yeah, afraid to talk, but I, was, but I wasn't afraid to stick it in. I would go to grocery stores and stores, and I would just lay a track down. Now they have all those cameras. I'd probably get arrested, but, uh, so I don't do that anymore. But, but if you can read them, what it does is it's not, it's not confrontational to give somebody a tract, right? It's not confrontational. If they say no thank you, fine, they go. Joel was out there yesterday, I swear. He had given away 30 in, in like an hour, and I'm just looking at him going, oh, my gosh, he's good at this. Um, it, was, it was a sight to see. Um, if you get the chance to talk to people, talk to them. And, and for anything else, and, and this is including your church friends, because I, I like to do this, especially with my church friends, is get a, get a clear grip, grip on do they know what the gospel is. And you will be surprised how many do not. Um, and when they do, if they get it, then I start to talk to them about Paul a little bit, and I'll give them some information. And usually I was telling Marla, I have a friend at work who I really question because he goes to a church, and I question the gospel, and, and he has it dead on. And then I started talking to him about our stuff and gave him a little bit of our, I gave him our website and thing. Hasn't spoke a word to me about church since. So, you know, you just don't know, but, but I want you to get it out there. You know, you, you can get it out there if you can. So if you're given the chance, and I know you all do, if, if you guys are given the chance, you do. Um, if you can write, I don't know, the, if you can write, have you ever tried writing a tract yourself? And Marla has that beautiful Bible study tract that we, we really hand out. I'm trying to write one, but unfortunately, I'm doing it from a song from a, a man right now who people either love or hate, and his name is Neil Young, and it's based on the song called Old Man. I'm trying to write. I have a track that I, I love the song. I thought yeah, when I first heard it, I was the, the young guy. And now when I, at 61 years old, I realize, oh, my gosh, I'm not the young guy anymore. I'm the old guy. So I'm trying to write something, but I've kind of st stopped on that because we've got to wait till Neil Young did some things that politically aren't, people aren't liking right now. Uh, but if you have a writing skill, write your own. If you don't like these, write your own. Um, here's, here's the next thing that, that I say, and this has helped me more than anything. Find someone who isn't intimidated and go with them to a swap meet. Learn from them. And that's where Marla came into play for me because I knew she wasn't intimidated. What I didn't know um, was that we had Joe and Joel and Rick would get out there. So we've had, the first day we had five of us. And the only reason Rick and Joel weren't here yesterday, or Rick and Joe Geddon weren't here yesterday, is they're at the Bible conference. So um, if you'd ever like to do that, please let us know. You don't have to come all day. Come for an hour or two. And, and you, as Joel said, just being there is, is a great comfort. Uh, it's an encouragement. And hopefully we'll get a little less intimidated every time we go. I know that's, that's my hope. That's my hope. Um, another thing is where else can we go, you guys, to, to, to 
to do these kind of things. I know that there's a couple other churches that they go to the uh, county fairs. And I talked to Marla about our county fair that we have coming uh, in April here. It's the Maricopa County Fair. It's down at the, uh, at the old fairgrounds, the state fairgrounds. It's at the same place. And, but there are 10 hour days, there's five days, there's 10 hour days and Marla and I, and we would need more than just us there. So if there's an interest, you don't have to get up and pass a track out. You can just be there you know, type of thing. If there is that interest, and I know some people aren't going to be here because they're going to be in Hawaii. But, um, but if, um, if there's an interest in that, and if you're scared and intimidated, we can deal with that. Um, talk, talk to us. We, we, it's something we've thought of. We, we haven't put anything in. In fact, I've kind of backburned it. I've had some health issues, so I kind of backburned that a little bit. But uh, it, it's another thing we can do. If you guys know other things, there's a reason, right? We're, we're, we're asked to do this, so I haven't got to that part yet, but we're going to get there. Um, if you're like me, this is another thing I do, and I, I do this, I try to do it every day, I don't do it there. If you're like me and you lack courage, have, has anybody here ever read, and, read any of Fox's Book of Martyrs? You have? Mark, you've read some? Um, if you want to find out men who had courage to the, to the, until they were put on a stake and burned or beheaded, these men were given opportunity after opportunity to recount their belief in Christ or to recount how they think of the Catholic doctrine of transubstantiation type things. And they said, no, I, I will never say that. Christ is my God. I go with his book. I just finished reading about Tyndale, who's part of our Bible line. Um, till the end, he just said no. They put him on a stake and burn him. I'm like, oh, and I'm worried about being called a fool, you know, or, or being, and not even called a fool, just being looked at like a fool, you know, and, and, I, and, and, and that's my tribulation, you know, as somebody says, get out of here, you, you, you don't even call him by the right name. Okay, I, for me, it's, it's, it's an encouragement. It's one of my ways to get myself out to that swap meet because my flesh doesn't want to go. I will tell you that flat out. Um, Go to 2 Timothy 2, and we're getting close here. What I'm trying to do, this, this whole thing is just to try to make us understand that we, have, we, we all have a ministry. Every single one of us have a ministry. And, it, and not everybody can do this. It, it's taken me 20 years. But if you have the inclining, 2 Timothy 2, verses, uh, chapter 4. I keep telling you guys to go there, and I never go. Let's, let's read 3 and 4. Um, For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust they shall heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. And they shall turn their ways with... You know what? That is not what I'm looking for. 2 Timothy 2. Oh, I'm in chapter 3. <laughs> 2 Timothy 2. See, Phil? It just, it just happens every time we do it. Um, second, there you are. I'm like, what? That just had nothing to do with my lesson. Second Timothy 2, 3 and 4. So he's talking to Timothy, right? And, and what was Timothy? I always consider myself, if you guys think of whom around here might be a Titus, that is not me. But I'm a Timothy. I, I've always known that I'm a Timothy. I'm a little, a, a little scared, a little intimidated. Uh, what's, he, what's Paul, through Christ, never forget that, um, telling Timothy, Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus 
and the things that have learned that thou, thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to t teach others also. Thou, therefore, because of all this, endure hardness as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. Verse 4, no man that warreth entangleth himself in the affairs of this life that he may please him. Who is him? That's the Lord Jesus Christ who hath chosen him to be a what? A soldier. So I always think of when I come to church, I was never in the military, but, but this is our place. This is like when you're a Marine, you go to Camp Pendleton, right? And you, you're with all those other guys and you learn, you learn how to be a, a warrior, right? That's what you do. An Air Force, Air Force will go, they go to San Antonio. Um, I'm not sure where the Army goes, but that's what, when you come to church, that's what, it's, it's Camp Pendleton. This is where we learn our doctrine and get fired up, okay? So we can go, what? Uh, he flat out tells us we're in a war. And, I'm, and I started thinking about this morning. It, just, it was just this morning. I just got out of the shower. I said, I was on the front lines yesterday. I never thought of it like that. I don't know if anybody else does, but you get out in front of people that aren't in this room that believe like we do. You're, you're on the front lines. And we, you know, that's why I get some of these looks they're just dirty looks. Other people, that, you know, inquisitive, but they don't want to stop. Other people might want to argue with you about something. But that's, that's front line. That's, that's being what a soldier is. Here is where we come. This is our Camp Pendleton. This is where we get to learn and, and get built up so we can take it out to the street and tell other folks about it. Um, I, if you go to 1 Thessalonians, we're going to close right here. I'm going to beat us. We're going to get that. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. Obviously, I think it's all our favorites. Um, what, what is so amazing to me about the Thessalonians is they didn't have all their, this. Nothing was written down yet from Paul, right? They're, they're, they're probably the first church that he dealt with. Um, 1 Thessalonians 1, 3, 3 through 8. I'm going to read all, all of them, okay? Remembering without ceasing your work of faith, your labor of love and your patience in the hope of our Lord Jesus Christ in the sight of God our Father and our Father, knowing, brethren, beloved, your election of God. For our gospel came not unto you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Ghost and in much assurance, as ye know what manner of men we were among you for your sake. And ye became followers of us and of the Lord, what? Having received the word in much affliction with the joy of the Holy Ghost. For what, though? so that you were in samples to all that believe in Macedonia and Achaia. For from you sounded out the word of the Lord, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place to faith, every place your faith to God word is spread above, abroad, so that we need not to speak anything. Do you know how big Macedonia and Achaia, have you ever looked at a Bible map? I wanted to, if, if you put Thessalonian, Thessalonica here, Macedonia was all here and Achaia was down. They were just this little dot. And, and, and they'd all heard about them. They, they, it, it's just absolutely amazing. There's our, there's our, that's our calling, right? To get out there in front of people. And, and what I'd like to do is if, if I could encourage one person to come out with us. Um, and if you don't, if you want to sit and just watch, come sit and watch. Just, just be there. Um, Watch Marla, watch Joel, and watch timid Timothy up here. Um, we, we will try. And if anybody has any desire to, uh, to maybe get out in front of the fairs, we, I, I would like to, really like to talk about it, but we cannot do it with just two or three of us. It would take a bunch of us getting out there. 
um, something we'd have to be interested. Think about it, pray about it, and uh, let us know if, if it's something you want to do. We could, we could make a sign. If, if, if you have any interest at all, see Marla or Joel or Joe or me or Rick, um, any of us, and, and we'd, we'd love to talk about it. It's in April, so something. Let's close in a word of prayer, okay? Father in heaven, we thank you so much for the time. I thank you so much that I, I have a Camp Pendleton to come to to be with like-minded believers and, and learn about you uh, with like-minded folks and, and be able to, uh, to grow in your grace, grow in your knowledge, and, and gain the courage to go out and, and spread your word to others as you instruct us to. We pray that um, we would be the good soldiers that you were asking Timothy to be. Um, it's scary, Father, but we understand it. It's just there is nothing else more important in this world. In Christ's name, amen. Amen, guys. Thanks, guys.